hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Lone Wolves Club podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Porter, and I am so excited to kickstart this project. It has been a dream of mine since lunch, and I'm not giving up on it. (laughs) That is just some subtle office humor for those of you who are a fan of the TV show. I am a huge fan of The Office, and if you are too, I would love to connect with you over that, hear your favorite episodes. Speaking of connection, a great way to keep in touch in between podcast episodes is on Instagram. Our handle there is lonewolvesclub.pod. And you can also email us at lonewolvesclub.pod at gmail.com. Both of those are great places to keep the conversation going and dive a bit deeper into the topics I'm going to bring up. That is also a great place to leave feedback, too. I would love to hear your thoughts, especially since this is my very, very first episode. Any and all constructive feedback is welcome. You can also leave feedback from the rating and review section of whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Alright, so before I dive into the heart of this episode, I thought it would be fun to give a backstory on how this podcast came to be. So after spending many, many nights talking with my husband on the sofa, which by the way is one of my favorite things that we do together, I love to just sit with him and talk about life, God, marriage, the mysteries of the universe, and everything in between. So as we would sit and talk on various topics that concern us, like religion, politics, social issues, I would start to go on these rants. And after enough ranting and enough encouragement from my very patient husband, I decided to start a podcast. (laughs) I know, I know everyone and their dog has a podcast, but I wanted to put all of my rants somewhere instead of just shouting into the void. So I also created this podcast because I feel like a lot of the topics I am going to bring up are not really covered in church and I feel like haven't really been covered by the church. A little bit of a backstory about me, I grew up in the conservative South. I currently live in my hometown of Austin, Texas. And growing up in the church, I feel like I did not hear a lot of conversations about mental health or the LGBTQ plus community, you know, relevant topics for today that I wish the church had covered all those years ago. And I feel like the church is still not really covering these topics today. Now, I do want to add a disclaimer and say I have not been to every church in the world. (laughs) I have only been to a handful within my hometown. However, the few that I have attended have not really addressed these important conversations. And I feel like I also want to add that I do understand that 
some pastors may speak on these topics privately, like maybe on their own personal social media accounts, or maybe they get invited onto podcasts where they talk about these topics. But I feel like by and large, I have not heard these topics being brought up in church or preached about from the pulpit on a Sunday morning. It might be a little bit cheeky of me to say this, but I feel like the church doesn't always need another sermon on how to be a better spouse, for example. I feel like instead we can maybe shake things up a bit and address some of these weightier topics that I feel like not only I care about, but I feel like society is starting to care more about. I think there has been a cultural shift where millennials and Gen Zers care more about things like mental health and embracing the LGBTQ plus community than previous generations. And I feel like the church has yet to catch up to that cultural shift. So all of that to say I feel a little bit adrift and I feel a little bit like a lone wolf. So if you feel like a little bit of a lone wolf too, then together we can be the Lone Wolves Club. Welcome. So, like I hinted at in the intro to this podcast, one very important topic that I feel like is not really being talked about in the church today is mental health. You know, the funny thing is I follow a lot of different accounts on my social media. I try to have a well-rounded perspective on the, you know, current cultural climate, hear what people are talking about see what the vibe is, to use a very Gen Z term. <laughs> um, I'm showing my age. I am not a Gen Zer at all. I am probably a old millennial. But anyway, I try to follow everyone from more, you know, crunchy granola, mother earth type accounts to you know, hardcore, conservative, Bible-thumping believers, I feel like it gives me, again, a well-rounded perspective. And the interesting trend that I've noticed is that the accounts I follow where the creators are not Christians tend to be more ready and more open when it comes to talking about mental health than Christian accounts. I feel like I have only just started to see Christian accounts that are willing to talk about mental health, and I just thought that was an interesting trend and a little bit sad because it confuses me why Christians or pastors shy away from talking about mental health when all throughout the Bible we can see many, many different people who have struggled with their mental health. A very popular example is the poet warrior king David who wrote pretty much the entire book of Psalms. I think there are a handful that were not written by him, but the majority were, and it is my favorite book of the Bible because I find it very, very relatable, mostly because in the Psalms, David expresses a lot of common human emotions like fear, loneliness, 
despair, and he also broaches mental health topics like anxiety and depression. You can also see an example of someone struggling with their mental health in the prophet Elijah. There is a story where Elijah was in a competition with the local pagan priest of the land, and the competition was to see whose god would answer them and hear their prayer. So the pagan priest built an altar and they put a sacrifice upon it, and Elijah built his own altar and put a sacrifice upon it, and he upped the competition by having buckets of water poured over his sacrifice and over the altar, and then he challenged the priest to pray to their god or gods. And the priest prayed for many days and nights, but no answer came from heaven. So finally, Elijah cried out to the God of Israel, who heard his prayer and consumed not only the sacrifice, but the altar, and I believe even the pagan priest in a blaze of glory, like a blaze of fire. <laughs> so everyone was annihilated pretty much except for Elijah. And you think that he would be on top of the world because he proved that the God of Israel hears the prayers of his people and of his prophet. But the queen of the land, the queen of the pagan priests that were burnt up in this blaze of fire, was so humiliated and enraged that she wanted to kill Elijah. And so Elijah, fearing for his life, fled into the wilderness where he hid out from the queen. And there he experienced such severe anxiety over potentially being murdered if he ever returned to town and showed his face <laughs> that he cried out for God to strike him dead. So in Elijah, we see a man who was so overcome with fear and anxiety that he wanted to die, otherwise known as suicidal ideation. The last example we see of someone who struggled with mental health. Actually, I lied. I have two more because they're, they're both pretty powerful. But the second to last example I have of someone struggling with their mental health is the King Saul. Saul was the first appointed king of Israel. And it is said that at nights he would be haunted by an evil spirit, or some translations say a spirit of the Lord, and it would haunt him day and night to the point where he could not eat, he could not sleep, he basically had no peace. And I don't know about you, but being haunted by an evil spirit sounds like the old-timey way of describing having anxiety and depression because this evil spirit caused Saul to not be able to eat or sleep or have any peace of mind. So, sounds a lot like depression and anxiety to me. And the only way that Saul could have relief from this evil spirit haunting him and find peace was to have David, who was just a poet at the time, not the poet warrior king that he later became, but a young boy who was a very accomplished musician. He would come and play for King Saul, and that was the only way Saul could find any peace the last example I want to share for real this time is probably the most powerful example because we see it in Jesus himself. Jesus, who was fully man, but also fully divine. So on the night before Jesus was set to be crucified, it is recorded in Luke 
that he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed his famous prayer to have this cup of torture and eventually death passed from him. But then he prayed, not my will, but your will be done. And as he prayed, Luke, who was a doctor, he was a physician, so it is interesting that he recorded this. As Jesus prayed, Luke described that Jesus's sweat turned to blood. And this is a rare but very real medical condition called hematidrosis that causes one's sweat to contain blood. So with hematidrosis, the sweat glands are surrounded by tiny blood vessels that can constrict and then dilate to the point of rupture, causing blood to effuse into the sweat glands. This only happens under extreme stress, which you can imagine Jesus felt knowing that the next day he was going to be brutally tortured and killed. So for all of these examples of people who have struggled with mental health, even Jesus, who is fully divine, but also fully man, you would think that the church would talk more openly about struggling with mental health. Now, I will say I have not attended this church myself during this sermon, but a friend of mine goes to a local church and she said that they had a sermon series all about mental health and anxiety. So again, I do see that some churches are starting to address mental health. And I think it's especially encouraging because again, growing up in the church, I feel like mental health was not really talked about very much. And if you did bring up any kind of mental health struggle, like depression, for example, you would be met with a verse like, oh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you don't need to be depressed. Or if you mentioned to someone that you were feeling really afraid, you might be met with a verse that says, for the spirit of God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and a sound mind. Or if you told someone that you were struggling with anxiety and stress and worry, you might be told a verse like, cast all your cares, or some translations even say, anxiety upon Christ because he cares for you. And now I don't want to negate the impact that these verses can have upon people. They have brought me a lot of comfort and I know they have comforted many as well, so I'm not trying to make light of them and the impact they have upon people. However, I have found that sometimes repeating or meditating on these verses or having these verses being told to you when you open up to people about your mental health is not always really that helpful. And that's mostly because they don't always have the full context of your life and know the depths of what you're struggling with. And to me, it feels like a bit of a band-aid over a bullet wound when people throw out these platitudes when you're really, really struggling. And when you're struggling like that, sometimes what you need is for a friend or a family member or even a pastor, whoever you're opening up to about your depression or anxiety, is to say, hey, have you thought of talking to a professional about that? And while pastors and friends and family are good people to open up to, sometimes if you are really struggling with your mental health, you do need to talk to a professional. You need to talk to someone who has experience with addressing mental health concerns, 
giving tools to help you overcome your anxiety or depression, and maybe even prescribing medication if you need it. I really don't know, <laughs> and I'm kind of at a loss where this attitude about not seeking out professional help or taking medication when you struggle with your mental health to the point that you probably need those things comes from. I don't know if it's because most pastors and churchgoers are boomers or even Gen Xers who were raised in a society that did not really talk about therapy or prescription medication or mental health issues as a whole. Now, I'm not trying to paint boomers or Gen Xers with a broad brush, but I know plenty of them and I know that they're not very keen about going to therapy or looking into prescription medication or even talking freely about their mental health issues. I think millennials and now Gen Zers are starting to become more open when it comes to mental health issues. In fact, I saw this funny meme, and I'm sure many of you have seen it, where it talks about how back in the day, like in the 1950s, for example, people would whisper to each other and say things like, oh, did you hear that Susie is in therapy? But now, people will openly say to each other, hey, guess what my therapist told me the other day? So it just goes to show that I think millennials and Gen Zers are more aware of their own mental health and the struggles they may have with that. And all of that is to say is that sometimes prayer and Bible verses and church going isn't enough when it comes to dealing with mental health issues. And it does not make you less faithful of a Christian if you need to go to therapy if you need to take prescription medication to help your brain produce chemicals that it literally may not produce. Your brain may have a hard time producing serotonin. That may be a biological issue that you have. And unless God heals you, which I believe he can, that is something that no amount of prayer and church going can fix, but there are plenty of medications designed to help fix that specific biological issue. Now, I know firsthand what caused me to go into therapy was that I was dealing with such severe depression that I was using drinking as a coping mechanism. I will explain more on that in a future podcast episode. But I was also struggling with not being able to stop thinking hateful thoughts about myself. I kid you not, from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, my head was filled nonstop with hateful chatter about anything from my looks to my personality. It got to the point where I realized that I could not help myself anymore and no amount of prayer or church services helped either. So I went to therapy and I cried in my very first session because I knew I needed to be there. Now, I only attended therapy for a few months, but I'm highly considering going back because I realized there are still a lot of things that I need to work on and that I need help with. And to me, going to therapy is just simply that. It is realizing that you cannot deal with your issues on your own anymore and you need a helping hand. So as this episode comes to a close, I want to leave you with two anecdotes that I feel may help you if you are a Christian struggling with mental health and any kind of shame or stigma around getting help. So the first little story, if you will, comes from a guy I follow on Instagram. His name is Nathan Franchino. He is a theologian that runs a program called Theos U, 
where he talks about all things religion and culture and theology. So he does this segment like a lot of influencers and creators do. He would probably balk at being called to that. He's just that kind of guy. But anyway, he does what a lot of influencers do and he runs a Q&A segment here and there. So one question that he got really kind of took me off guard because I'm like, it's 2023. Why are we still <laughs> having sh some, you know, shame and stigma around mental health issues? But anyway, this person asked, if I'm struggling with anxiety and depression, should I go into therapy or should I just lean into reading the Bible more? And he answered, so I'm really struggling with my vision should I go to an optometrist or should I just read the Bible more? <laughs> and he's kind of dry and sarcastic in his responses, but his point, as I'm sure you got, was that if you are struggling with something biological, which, you know, your mental health is also a biological, neurological issue since it involves, you know, your brain, that, yeah, you should get professional help for that. You know, why, why wouldn't you get professional help for that? So I loved his answer. And again, at the same time, it kind of made me sad to see that even in 2023, people are still wondering if they should get mental help um, or help with their mental health, <laughs> rather. Um, which again, is kind of why I made this podcast, because I feel like there is still a lot of shame and stigma around topics that I feel like there just shouldn't be anymore. So anyway... So the second story or little parable is one that my mom would tell me often, and it goes like this. A storm descends on a small town, and the downpour soon turns into a flood. As the waters rise, the local preacher kneels in prayer on the church porch surrounded by water. By and by, one of the townsfolk comes up the street in a canoe. Better get in, preacher. The waters are rising fast the townsfolk called out to him. No, says the preacher, I have faith in the Lord. He will save me. Still the waters rise. Now the preacher is up on the balcony, still praying for God to deliver him when another guy zips by in a motorboat. Come on, preacher, we need to get you out of here. The dam is going to break any minute, he shouts. Once again, the preacher is unmoved. I shall remain. The Lord will see me through, he says. After a while, the dam breaks and the flood rushes over the church until only the steeple remains above the water. The preacher is up there clinging to the cross when a helicopter descends out of the clouds and the pilot calls down to him through a megaphone. Grab the ladder, preacher. This is your last chance. Once again, the preacher insists the Lord will deliver him. And predictably, he drowns. A pious man, the preacher, goes to heaven. After a while, he gets an interview with God, and he asks the Almighty, Lord, I had unwavering faith in you. Why didn't you deliver me from the flood? God shakes his head. What did you want from me? God replies. I sent you two boats and a helicopter. <laughs> So there are a few interpretations of that parable, but the one I take is that it is an example of how God places people in our society to help us, like doctors and therapists, for instance. But instead of turning to these people that have been created by God with a desire to help others, we avoid going to see them out of fear and shame. 
So the last story I want to share with you is about a conversation I had with my dear friend, a lifelong friend, before she moved abroad. I will keep her anonymous, but my friend struggled with anxiety ever since I knew her. She knew it and would often admit that she needed help overcoming her anxiety, but she felt guilty pursuing help because she felt like she didn't have a legitimate reason to be so anxious all the time. She had a loving family that she is still very close to. She didn't have any major traumatic incident happening in her life. All in all, she had a pretty normal life with, you know, the usual ups and downs of life, but nothing major enough to make her feel like she had anything to work on in therapy. But eventually her daily anxieties started taking over her life to the point that she felt like she needed help. So she started going to therapy. And after a little while of going to therapy, her therapist gently encouraged her to start taking a small dose of an anti-anxiety medication. And when I saw my friend for our last conversation before she moved away, I could see a remarkable difference in her. She just seemed lighter and like a weight had been taken off of her shoulders. She smiled more, she laughed easier, she didn't have this kind of anxious look in her eyes that she would have often. And I wanted to share that short story with you because I think it's a great example of how sometimes as Christians, like my friend, we think that there's really nothing wrong in our life, that we don't need a little extra help from therapy or even medication. But as my friend and I were talking about this recent development of her getting on medication, she opened up and said that she wished she had done it a lot sooner. And I have a few other friends who love God but also struggle with their mental health issues, and they say the same thing about finally getting on medication, that it was literally life-changing for them. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think that God wants to keep us from life-changing medication or therapy sessions. In fact, another one of my favorite verses says, I, this is Jesus speaking to us, I have come so that you may have life and life abundant. While it is true that we find an abundant life in God, we are designed to embrace all that God has given us in this life. And I believe that also includes people who have been designed with a purpose to help others. Not everyone has the desire to be a doctor or a psychiatrist or a therapist. It takes a special kind of person with what I believe is a God-given desire to help others. So as this podcast comes to a close, I want to leave you with one final encouragement If you take nothing else from this podcast episode, I hope you will leave knowing that if you need to go to therapy or you need to take prescription medication to help you cope with your mental health issues, that that does not make you less faithful of a Christian. That does not mean you trust God any less. I believe that you can be both and in this world, and I think that's a message that not enough people hear. I feel like society puts this pressure on us that we have to be all in or all or nothing, but I believe you can be both and. And by that, I mean you can both believe God for your healing and trust that God will heal you one day of whatever mental health issue you may have. You can lean on God as a source of peace and comfort in the midst of your anxiety and depression, 
but you can also need to go to therapy, need to take prescription medication. You can be both and, if you will. So I hope that you leave feeling encouraged by that. And I also hope that if you are feeling any kind of shame or guilt around getting help for your mental health, that you would open up to someone about that. Pastors can be a great resource for mental health. Just because they don't talk about it from the pulpit on a Sunday morning doesn't mean they don't want to talk to you about that one-on-one. In fact, it was my pastor's wife who I opened up to that helped me find a good counselor. So if you feel comfortable enough, maybe talk to your pastor about your guilt and shame around getting help for your mental health, or maybe even ask them to help point you in the right direction. They could even counsel you about that, or I am sure, again, they would be happy to find you someone who can counsel you and guide you. So the first step is always admitting that you need help, as they say, and I believe that the second step is opening up to people and telling people that you need help because they can bring resources and guides to help you. You're not in this alone. That is something I wish I had done when I was struggling with depression and anxiety was to open up to people more and really let people in um, before I finally had to go to my pastor's wife, but I wish I had done that a lot sooner. So this is my gentle nudge to you that if you need to seek out help, today might be the day and telling someone might be the first step. Speaking of resources and help, following the upload of this podcast, I am going to start sharing some resources on our social media. Once again, that is lonewolvesclub.pod. I'll be sharing resources that I've gleaned from around the internet and things that have helped me address my mental health issues from books to other podcasts and things like that. So keep an eye on our social media account for more resources. If this episode was encouraging to you at all, I ask that you would please leave me a review letting me know how this impacted you. And I also ask that if you found this helpful, that you would share this with a friend who also maybe needs to feel a little bit less alone in whatever struggles they may be facing. My goal is for all of us to feel a little bit less like a lone wolf. And in the meantime, we can all be a part of the Lone Wolves Club together. Once again, I'm your host, Nicole Porter. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.